Greetings and welcome to the 37th episode of Sweat <laughs> Swaggers. Theories and thoughts. I don't know where I was going with that. With your hostess, Anya and Fancy. So what's going on, Fancy? How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. Tired. Not really tired. I think um, I've been having these migraines. It's like, I don't know if you all read about like, um, I don't know if they call it a heat bubble taking place right now. They might have just ended, but I know like within the area of Louisiana, we've already been under um, heat advisory. So it's been like really hot and I've just been having this migraine for the past two days now. So, I mean, but <laughs> look, and I'm also distracted, but other than that, I'm actually good. But I'm just saying, so tonight I was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go with the flow. I don't want to be overstressing myself, but but how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm trying to, um, I forgot to um, lower my music so I can post the, um, the thing. It's just, you know how that goes. So we can share the post. One day we'll have someone do that for us on both our phones. <laughs> That's why I showed a proof on our page. Nevertheless, I'm good. Um, you know how you have a taste for something? I had a taste for apple cobbler and ice cream. And Walmart didn't have it. And while I was at Walmart, I called myself looking up um, Albertsons and Albertsons didn't have it either. So I wound up getting, you know, one of those little box apple pies? Another dollar box. Yeah, I wanted to get that and some ice cream, but I didn't have a chance to eat it yet. <laughs> so I'm excited about eating that when we get done. <laughs> I know they talk about getting back to work, but I um, I've never actually tried those, so I wanted I was gonna ask you how it tastes because I see them, but I never really know if it's gonna be. You know, like how fresh it's gonna be. I guess because of the way they be sitting, but not, I know they be changing out. So the feel, it's just yeah. kind of the way the box. Maybe it's the box. I have um, I got it. I don't think I ever had one before. I actually put it in the um, in the oven. I'm gonna put it in the oven and let it warm up a little bit. So we'll see from there. Um. So on to news. Well, that's what I wanted. I wanted some apple cobbler, but I couldn't find it. And I was mad about it. And I wasn't about to, I was about to get a Dutch apple pie, but then I was like, I'm not about to get a Dutch apple pie and had that big old box up in here looking at me crazy. Yeah, I was definitely smashing it. <laughs> Cause I, uh, I think I prefer the pies better than the cobblers. I don't know if it's, I don't know what the difference is, but to me, it, it seems like um, the the pies be a little bit sweeter or something. Something be different to me. Mm. I don't know. The Dutch apple pie have the little crust on top and everything. With the crosses or the other? The Which other one. Got- With the, it's the Dutch. The Dutch has the crust. Oh, okay, so I don't understand it. Okay, but I get what you're saying now. Okay, so in that instance, um, I prefer the kind with the crosses. Oh, that I'm still trying to post uh, <laughs> My thing, I'm sorry. That's why I'm like, I keep looking at that. I hate what I do hate when I keep doing it. But it just. No, no, that's fine. I just did it myself. So we both <laughs> even. <laughs> that's why I was over here doing it with my phone in my hand. You guys, if somebody wants to um, take on that task that when we're on, you can take my password and go through it and, uh, and, and do it for me. Post on my page. Anywho, on to our new story. Um, rest in peace, Naya Rivera. Her body was found yesterday in the lake. Um, as you guys know, was it Saturday or Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Was it Sunday? Saturday or Sunday? Um, her son was her son was found on the boat, and he said that mommy went for a swim. Um, they haven't said foul play. A lot of people started saying mental health and that goes into what we're talking about today, um, mental health. But somebody was like, yeah, she had mental, I mean, yeah, she did consider suicide. I don't mean that this was suicide. I had people go back and forth on different people posts about that. Um, but rest in peace to her, prayers to her um, family and her friends. At one point they had a picture of her mom with her hands. Yeah. Um, upgrade and everything. It's just a sad thing. You know, they always say that children, parents shouldn't bury their children. So, just a sad situation. 
you have anything yeah it is you know i don't I really care for death or like, I don't know, it just seems like it's so much death as of lately. And then um, just so many celebs or actors and actresses and so on. I did wonder about like the mental health aspect of things, but I said I wasn't gonna comment on it. But so you just mentioned, because I didn't know if anybody else had really been looking at it that way. It seemed like most people were just kind of thinking that it, you know, it was some type of accident, but that is just really sad. And I'm just like, gosh, you know, I just keep wondering like, Will we ever really know what took place? You know, really like with the sun getting back old and so on, but it is really sad and I had no idea. Like, I had only really knew of her because I didn't watch Glee and I didn't realize like she was the little girl from the shows in the past and like family right. matters and stuff. And that just, all that, that made it hit home. Cause I always, you know, watching that show, I always thought she was so cute. You know, like, oh, that's, you know what I mean? Like as a little kid and you're watching it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna like her. And I had no actually a little bit older than her, I think. But it was just, um, you know, it hit home a lot more. I, or I guess I felt it a little more once I began to like really see who she was. And I did not know like the whole of her work. And so I looked it up and I was just like, wow, you know, she's been um, in a lot of movies. She's had, she's written books. You know, I didn't even realize all of that. So I kind of learned That's about so her with Big Sean with the situation with Big Sean and then she wrote a book about it or something like that. Um, yeah, she had a big body of work and she can sign, honey. She can sign. Rest in peace to her. On to our next subject, um, Red Table Talk. We have to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Red Table Talk. Jada finally brought herself to the table. Um, for those who don't know, August did an interview with Angie Martin, not Angie Martin, Angela Yee. Angela Yee. Angela Yee, and it can be found on YouTube, where he discussed his um, new album, which is good. His new album is so good, but let me tell y'all, his song Sincerely to His Nieces, have your tissue ready. Have Just have your tissue ready. Um, and he talked about his documentary. Um, I told someone, someone was like, well, how's the documentary? I was like, it's so new world. Like being from New Orleans, he is so New Orleans. Like it's so New Orleans walking down the street with a bunch of folks. Just it—it it was the epitome of New Orleans. But what is the um? So the documentary is out. Has it been out, or was it released uh -huh. at the same time as the album mm -hmm. was? Mm -hmm. It was released at the same time as the album. Yeah. It was released. Oh. It's on. <laughs> huh. I didn't say anything. Oh, it's um, it's on YouTube as well. You just look it up. And in the middle of the documentary, um, different things, he plays a song. He plays a song. So on the documentary, he doesn't say who it is. He just say he had a love, and it ended, and some other stuff. But on Angela Lee, Angela Yee's interview, he talked. Up, he said, I don't even think he said Jada's name. He said that he was in love with her, and then I want to say he just said Will, and we all just knew who he was talking about. Um, he did not talk, speak derogatory. He did say that him and Will had an understanding that Will basically gave his blessing. That's what he said. They had a man-to-man -man talk about it. Um, on Red Table Talk, Jada actually said that they were separated. Now, a lot of people are going back and forth on where they separated, do they have open marriage? The thing is this, I think they do have an open marriage, but if you think back around a, a, a lot of the time, especially the beginning of their relationship, a lot of things were saying that they were divorcing. So that's something to think about. Um, a lot of people are saying that she took advantage of him. If you listen to August and August talk, August talks about being and this is just me. This is me just, you know, pick, pick. He talks about what? He talks about um, being a playboy. He talks about, oh, you know, okay. dealing with different women. I think there's the delay on your end on the, on the thing. But he talks about um, dealing with different women and kind of never being in love, just dealing with them or whatever. And I told, my post on my Facebook was, August is a typical New Orleans man. He felt played. He felt played. And then he was like, I got to get up out of this. 
and then he started his healing and to me he started his healing and then in that instance that's when he was like well i can talk about whatever this is my story this is how i feel and it wasn't to be malicious or just air them out it was more or less i'm telling my story this is the stuff that's been going on a lot of people um said that august was um was taken advantage of a lot of people feel like he was taken advantage of a lot of people feel that that um you know how is she messing with his her son's friend that's kind of always tricky to deal with your son's friend now to be transparent i've dealt with someone that was majorly younger than me like she has and it wasn't I didn't take advantage of them. Hell, most young boys like older women. I'm I'm seeing that a lot even more now. And um, when it comes to them, I just don't know. I don't know. She, I don't want to say that she took advantage of him. I think she he knew exactly what he was getting into, and that's what he wanted. He probably had then lust over her, and that yeah, that was his homeboy mother. But I don't think he even looked at it as that. Your thoughts? Well, um, okay, so I have them. Obviously, I haven't heard the documentary, but I do um, like August, and I did intend to check it out. I just had to update my music subscription. So I, I, I've been trying to look for some new stuff, so that's why I'm adding to it. Um, as far as, like, I didn't watch the Red Table Talk because I cannot watch stuff if I've already saw a thousand posts about it. Like, I just kind of, that's why I don't watch a lot of shows. I can basically tell the storyline and who did what from a post, then I kind of go with that. But I did watch the clip, so I'm not just like totally, um, you know, blind to what was going on. But um, in my opinion, like I saw the debate about him being taken advantage of. I personally, I mean, my son is about to be 21. I'm not about to date too much younger than me to begin with. But but I do kind of understand in some ways, just like I think when it is a significant enough age gap, I do believe that oftentimes there is a sense of that. And then at the same time, I'm not, again, I just, I'm not just like, oh, how a lot of people have just been like, she just took advantage of him. Y'all shouldn't even be so-and-so. So, -so, -so, -so. More so, what I was just kind of looking at initially until they had the talk was what he said about Will gave his blessings. Even when he did it, the... Um, the interview with Angela, like, I looked at, like, a lot of people's like, oh, he just wasted a lot of time saying nothing about nothing. And to me, I didn't take it that way. I think that he tried to choose his words very, very uh, wisely, but he also seemed to have more of a spiritual sense of things. And I feel like a lot, a lot of people did that. Um, even with the whole being hurt thing, I do believe he was hurt. And at the same time, I was just, like, looking at a lot of women that was like, oh, he this, this, and that. And I was like, most women have been in similar situations, you know, and Agreed. you off of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, did your album sell a little more or something? Did you have something to do with that pain? So, and a part of me did almost wonder for a minute, was only discussing it because his album was about to be, was, you know, was being released at that time. But then once I saw the little clip from the talk, I was like, okay, um, Will don't quite seem like he gave his blessings. But at the same time, um, again, I have always thought just, you know, from the rumors that they did have an open marriage. And really, it's just like it's not any of our business. I do believe like that once people I want to know how people that really question how how many years can I really spend with a person? And while I do respect marriage, I also respect the fact that if people want to have an open marriage, then that's them, you know, because people get bored. I can get bored with you within a year, if not less. So that's just me knowing myself. And I think a lot of times people don't want to be real with themselves. You, you know, you want to be, you know, it's, it's supposed to be like this, but until you're actually in that situation, then is it really, when you really have that type of fame and so on, you know, does the same thing still interest you? So I'm just kind of like, um, that's their business overall. But I don't really feel like Jada, and I really like Jada, you know, but I kind of feel like she wasn't just keeping it all the way 100. I looked at her word choice when she went to, when she mentioned the part, like, you know, and it was during the time, the whole entanglement thing, basically. <laughs> I think it was the entanglement word itself that just kind of like, I was like, okay, Jada bullshit, you know, but I respect it because then like somebody else pointed out, when you look at the type of business deals and so on that these people have in place, they may not need to have all their information out there, you know? So I can understand why they would want to keep it more private. 
So again, I just think it's their business. You know, I hope that August heals. I did send him a little shout out, but you know, after I started reading most stuff, I was like, you know what? He never came to my inbox. That's okay. <laughs> like I might, <laughs> but other than that, I'm just like, uh, and look, and I just talked about dating younger, and then here I was, Shanash. I'm like, look at that. I had to just do a self check right there. But I have always thought August is cute, but I don't know how old he is. So, but yeah, he's um twenty. Oh, I don't know how old. he's not that young anymore. He's like twenty. He's about twenty-seven, maybe. And I just, I'm, I, I okay. agree with you that it is his business, their business. And if they decide that they want an open marriage, let them have an open marriage. But just be honest, be real about your shit. Who? That's that's just how I feel. Like, be real about your shit. Be real about if that's what you want to do, because it goes back to why do we care about who people sleeping with? You know, um, who's my girl um, with Junie? Her mom, oh, I can't think of her Tiana name. Taylor? Did you say Tiana Taylor? Taylor. Okay. She, she wrote a song about having a threesome. Oh. I ain't never listened to it, but she did. I just feel like it shouldn't matter who nobody's sleeping with. And you smiling, is our guest in? Yeah. Okay, cause you had you let me tell you you be like I did not want them to wait, so you be moving around. It's like I'm trying to, I, I was trying to pull up the sponsor and then also tell him that I see him in the chat, but he's he's there, he's waiting. Oh, okay, but I'll let you finish. Um, no, I'm good. Um, that that's my outlook on on the whole thing. I just feel like Will and Jada should have just kept it real. I felt like Jada, like you said, she wasn't real about it. Um, Will was like, just say what it was, what it was, Jada, like. <laughs> a lot of I felt like um, Will was hurt. One of my friends was like, he definitely cried. I sent you her post. He definitely cried before that. But another girl um, gave a perspective of Will is an actor. Oh, yeah, and all those she was like, he didn't get all those acclaims just not being a good actor. So y'all think Will is hurt, and Will ain't hurt. And I'm like, like Will was sitting somewhere with an onion. <laughs> I'm just now really thinking about it because I was also, um, I was at first, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, did Will smoke before this? That was my thought. Then I was like, nah, he ain't got that relaxed type of look. So, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, so it brings you, you know, it could have been, even at the end, we ride together, we die together, bad marriage for life. Like, how y'all, y'all rehearsed that? Y'all rehearsed that. So maybe it was like, okay, Will, you have to look distraught and this is how we gonna play this. So I don't know. Hell. People are like, why are we worrying about their business? Why they put their business out here? So, but I just, the whole dynamic, some people are like, they've been Will, they've been Jada, and they've been August. Hell, I've been a couple of them too, so. True. On. Who's our sponsor? All right, so our sponsor for the evening, our first sponsor is um, Divine Systems Georgia. We've had them before, but also, it is a mental, what is it, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So I just want to make certain that we also tag them in again. And then also our guest tonight is also um, a PhD candidate. So um, Divine Systems Georgia was founded with the fact that we have one life and it is of the utmost importance that we all reach our potential of simply existing. Their goal is to help you uncover your true potential and lead a life that's worth celebrating. So you all can learn more about them at www georgia.com that's d-s-g-e-o-r-g-i-a.com and also follow the owner glendora divine on instagram and her ig is uh i gotta move my screen is at glendora g-l-e-n-d-o-r-a divine d-v-i-n-e so no i in between the d and the v i like it right. i'm yeah, and also uh, Glendora is, is one of our clients. So if you all need a mental health um, professional, you know, to speak for, on something, then you all can reach out to us. But let me go ahead now bring in our guest. How you Greetings. doing? Hello, hello. How do you pronounce your name? Sorrell, Sorrell Robertson. Sorrell. And we were like, how you say that? <laughs> I, I got one of them names, so. <laughs> I got you some him in the chat. Thank you for coming. Wait, yeah, actually, Sarel, can you hear Anya? I can, I can hear you guys. Okay, okay, I just wanted to make certain. 
So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself or introduce yourself to our audience? For sure, absolutely. So first, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, so I can tell you a little bit about myself, um, but um, overall I'm a psychologist, um, but I wear a few different hats as a psychologist. So I'm both a researcher and a clinician. Um, I'm completing my PhD, finishing up my dissertation um, in psychology at UC Berkeley. Um, but I'm originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, most of my family, you know, is still there. Um, and also graduated from Xavier University down in New Orleans with, with a degree in psychology. So I practice, you know, here um, in California at a clinic um, where we work with all ages, um, where we do, you know, psychoeducational assessments. So that's particularly, you know, working with and diagnosing and assessing for um, learning differences. We also do neuropsychological evaluations and then, of course, therapy. And then I'm also the psychologist at a pre-K to eighth grade school where I'm essentially responsible for the well-being and the mental health of just over 400 students and 90 faculty and staff. And I am also the founder of a healthcare um, technology startup. Um, so we are working on developing a product that should be launching um, at the, the end of this year that essentially helps to make healthcare, both um, mental health and medical health, um, much more accessible, particularly for marginalized and underserved groups of people. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I okay. went like this from New Orleans and, you know, Fancy lives in Baton Rouge. Um, so what got you into the mental health field? Was there something that just one day you were like, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in mental health or was it something or was it just from a kid you were like, I'm doing mental health? Yeah, no, it definitely was not as a kid. Um, I, you know, went through so many different options as far as careers that I wanted to pursue. And it wasn't until um, undergrad, um, Xavier, when I was attending Xavier, that I actually took an intro to psychology course. Um, I wasn't, I didn't start out as a psychology major. I initially just wanted to be um, a pediatrician or either a pediatrician or a neonatologist, but I realized that I didn't really enjoy being um, hospitals or doctor's offices. Um, so it wasn't until I uh, actually took, you know, a psychology intro course um, and I kind of fell in love with it from there. I felt like it, you know, provided all of the theories that helped to explain all the questions that I had about how people think, why people do what they do and how they behave. So it was really eye-opening and it just helped to explain a lot of the questions that, um, that I had. <laughs> and from there on, I learned a lot about, you know, the statistics um, that are staggering, um, particularly for um, black and brown populations of people as far as, you know, being overrepresented in needs and actually not having an under-resource, so not having access to the resources that they actually need in order to, to treat the issues that come up for them. So um, that, you know, is one of the main reasons. And I can say a little bit about the statistics that that would be helpful. Okay. Can you turn your volume up a little bit louder if yeah. possible? Yes. Is that better? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'm sorry. I know a lot of what you're saying, but I'm just like, I know that our audience also, I want them to be able to hear, you know, Absolutely. what you're saying. No I know that you have a lot to share. For sure. No problem. So you were saying that basically, as you began to see how black people were uh, underrepresented, you're saying, is it, or, or not receiving all of the care or assistance that they should be receiving. And so like, what was the next step for you from there then? I mean, like, were you already, you were already in college though, and you had already began to take classes, but then you began to see this once out in the field, or was this actually while you were taking your classes? Yep, so it was more so um, in my coursework. And then from there, I, you know, pursued different research opportunities while I was in undergrad to figure out and to kind of um, determine which route I wanted to take. Because there are so many different, you know, um, areas um, within the field of psychology that one can go into. So I needed to figure out if I wanted to just be a researcher or um, only be a clinician. So I needed to figure out which route I wanted to take. So from there, um, that led to more opportunities to actually see on the ground um, the disparities. Um, so, and then also from a research side too, just the more I learned, the more I realized that, you know, this is incredibly important work and that, um, you know, it's so necessary. And we need more people who look like me, who look like us um, to work in this field in order to make mental health much more um, accessible for people. 
So, um, yeah, our, our topic for tonight is black men and mental health. Right now you hear a lot of people saying defund the police, defund the police. And I didn't understand what it meant at first. And it was saying, you know, have psychiatrists, have counselors and therapists go out and talk to these people. So what role does that play, mental health in the defund pro the police, Black Lives Matter movement? Like that whole situation. Yeah, so that's a really good question. So when people, when folks talk about defund the police, it really comes down to, you know, decreasing the, the amount of funding that um, is allocated for, um, to police, um, to policing individuals and increasing um, the amount of funds that are allocated for mental health services, for, um, you know, for social support, um, for wraparound services for children, for families, so that we are working much more upstream and helping to not only, you know, um, criminalize folks and to punish them for the mistakes that they may make, but also to reduce um, the likelihood of them doing so, right? to give them the services and the support that they need in order um, in a much more holistic and comprehensive way. Okay. So what role does that play in the, well, I guess you did answer that with the Black Lives Matter movement. So I know it's important, but do you think that is, that is necessary, like your own opinion? Would it help? Yeah, absolutely. So particularly related to, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so, you know, one of one of the uh, one of the demands that this movement is really asking for and calling for um, is to decrease the violence that's that impacts our community. Right. And in order to do that, we really have to begin to shift the focus away from from policing um, people of color and more towards supporting them. Right, into um, including more access to resources in our communities. Um, so for that reason, I absolutely, you know, do think it's incredibly valuable that we begin to shift the narrative and the focus of the conversation um, and the intention from policing to protecting and also to supporting communities that need it the most. And I was trying to uh, capture that quote. I like that what you said, support, like switch from the Policing, wait, how did you put it? From policing to supporting, which I think is a really, um, I think that that's really good because I've already said I, I kind of agree more with it. But especially being that you're in California, it seems like, you know, you all have more opportunity for those type of ventures. But I don't know, is it also being called for like within anywhere close to you? Like, is that a possibility of that happening? Definitely. So, um, Absolutely. So I know Oakland is um, kind of leading, you know, one of the, the areas in the country that's kind of leading that um, those initiatives. And I have seen um, other examples um, that have popped up where, where the police, where there, where there has been movement um, in shifting the focus away from the police to support, and that has been, you know, ongoing. And I think it will continue to um, be an ongoing cause um, and initiative until there's enough political will um, behind us to do so. But I have seen, I'm hopeful, I have seen progress, but I do think that we have to continue to push and to advocate for it. So now also, I mean, of course, when we're supposed to be discussing black men and mental health, but also I think maybe Anya went with that question first, because of course it is, um, and I, I'm actually, cause I just read, I was reading a study tonight about how black women are kind of just stereotyped with black men. So people are actually kind of missing the fact that black women are, you know, suffering from just as many injustices at the hands of the police. So, uh, but I don't want to go into that just yet. <laughs> but my point is that because it is uh, a lot more black men seeing like a lot of times after these incidents occurred and we discover like, hey, that person really had mental health issues. So what are some statistics? Because it still seems like Black men, as ironic as it is, like black men still are not just embracing this whole mental health thing. Like, oh, I really want to go to therapy. Like what, you know, what do we need to say? Or how is that looking from your perspective also? And I look, I like the fact that, you know, you are on the West Coast. So you know what the South is like. And I think that you probably can see some difference in the mindsets there. So I kind of wish you just tell us a little bit about that. And also just, you know, a little bit about what how well how it how does the look how are things looking thus far you know are black means men stepping up more are they actually pursuing therapy and so on 
Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. So just before I go into that, I think I can give you more some context about kind of the, the statistics. So we know overall um, one, and this is all Americans, one in five Americans um, either currently or will suffer from mental illness at some point in their lives. Um, and then African Americans in particular are one of the, you know, one of the least likely groups to seek and to ultimately complete treatment. And it's not because we don't, you know, necessarily want to, but because of racism, right? Some socioeconomic and environmental factors, uh, distrust in the healthcare system. Um, you know, all those reasons are essentially are barriers to accessing treatment, to feeling comfortable, to feeling safe enough to 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 reach out for support when we need it, right? So because of that, you know, we tend to be 20% more likely to be diagnosed with a mental health disorder. And then, however, of that 20% that actually are diagnosed, only about half actually access treatment. Um, and what that looks like, we know that, you know, from a mental health perspective, that sometimes hurt people end up hurting other people, which then further perpetuates. Right. Yeah, so it, you know, further perpetuates mental health issues in our community. And then continues this perpetual loop, this perpetual cycle of mental health issues that are then possibly passed down from one generation to the next, right? Um, right. So it becomes a part of, you know, the family. It becomes a part of, um, you know, the relationship, um, which then kids um, observe and then pass on and exhibit or demonstrate um, themselves. So, you know, especially men in particular, I think we are often taught in the way that we're raised. We're raised to kind of keep our problems close to us um, out of fear of being labeled or, or further demonized or as inept or weak or inadequate. Um, so all of those reasons. And then when we do access treatment, when we do reach out for help, um, there's the cultural competency piece where, you know, the clinician, um, the therapist, the psychologist, um, you know, they, again, because there's such a lack of um, um, black and brown folks who are in mental health that, it's oftentimes hard to find, you know, a therapist or someone who you kind of connect with, who you can build a rapport with, who you, you know, feel like is safe and who just gets it without you having to explain um, everything and maybe your language and your lingo or your background. So that, you know, can also be another barrier. But to answer your question, um, I also think now I've been, I've, I'm hopeful because I am beginning to see progress and. Not only you know people of color, but men as well, reaching out for support more so. Um, and I think that you know it's a combination of several different factors, including um, just you know people being more aware of mental health, and you know, and people being generally more open to it. Um, we're beginning to see it pop up on television shows now. So I know like on Insecure, you know. Um, Lisa and Molly talk about mental health, right? So it's it's more familiar to us, um, which makes it seem much more accessible um, to people, to our communities. So I love that. And I do think that that's making a difference. And I think just over time, as we kind of let go of kind of the, um, the negative, the stigma that has been associated with mental health, um, you know, more so we're becoming much more open. And there also are, you know, more websites that are out there. I know like Therapy for Black Girls. Um, um, I recently partnered with Therapy for Black Men um, where I'm listed on their directory. Um, and they actually um, are offering this month um, free therapy for unemployed and uninsured Black men. Um, so I think, you know, having the resources, the awareness, and then more representation and talking about it in the media have all worked in tandem and in conjunction with each other to um, ultimately make people much more open to it. Uh, One thing is, I'm sorry, Fancy, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I'm, I know some too. Oh, I was going to say one thing that our audience knows is um, Fancy and I are very vocal about mental health and our going to <laughs> therapy. I'm actively in therapy. We're both actively in therapy now, you know? That's great. I'm sorry. What what you do that for? No, it just hit me because I was like, I actually text my therapist um about four, so I'm like, we still good for. Let's make sure because I think she'd be forgetting my appointments, but I'm like, hey, I ain't nothing wrong, but I just need to talk to you. So yeah, we are very big advocates of therapy. Very. I um I lower it down now. I'm just going once a month, but then I'll bring it back up as I need to, and I told her, look, I'm going <laughs> if I need you, I know how to find you. 
<laughs> and I find that my breaks in therapy, you know, it makes me run back to therapy. If, it, if it's just to talk to somebody about just stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we find it. But I find, as you said, well, men play this masculine role and there's never been really a space for them to be vulnerable. You know, until now. Now we're like, we want to know your feelings. We want to know how you feel. We want to know these things. And a lot of them are like, well, I ain't ready to give you all this yet. You know, um, my nephew, when he when he lived with me, I knew that he had some things going on. And I had a, he had to meet with a psychiatrist um, in order to be diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And he himself was just, he was like eight or nine. And he himself was like, I'm not talking to that man. And he didn't, he, he didn't. So it's like from a young age, he was already groomed that you don't talk out. And in the black households, you don't talk about what's in my house. This is what's in my house. When in actuality, when we release it and even being, being able to call a thing a thing, you know, I see a lot of people been posting online, the actual vil- villain in the show, but the real villain, you know, was the parent. We're not talking about that emotional abuse from that. We're not talking about how a young lady might be getting mentally abused by her mother and then she meets a man and who does the same thing and he's not, she, has, she hasn't she has put together that that is emotional abuse. Yep. You know, because mama talked to me stupid and cussed me out and then she loved on me, but she loved me. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God my mama never cussed me, but I'm just saying. You know, so how do we break that cycle? How do we call a thing a thing? How do we get to those people who who actually um, need it but won't seek it because because of the stereotype, the stereotype? Although it's in the media, although different things. I mean, you don't have to tell everybody you go to therapy. I don't care about telling people I go to therapy, but you don't have to tell people therapy. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good question. So how do we kind of break through, you know, the stigma and the stereotype and the generational kind of misunderstanding that we have, especially when it comes to kind of the cultural differences that are associated with our community and that we like to keep it in the family and, you know, and without sharing too much. (laughs) Um, So I think what you guys are doing is perfect. I love that you talk about your own therapy journeys. And I think the more that we talk about it, the more you know, people will become more comfortable with it um, and more open to that idea. Um, and then also just having the language too. So, you know, if you are learning, you know, nuggets here and there, things that are working from you, from your own therapeutic journeys, you know, dropping some gems every now and then with people um, and letting them know that, you know, well, my therapist actually shared this with me. So making it kind of a part of, you know, table talk, a part of the conversation um, and sharing them you know, sharing with people that uh, what you're learning has been helpful. That um, yes, support with from your family and having those conversations with friends and family that's important too. Um, having a solid social support system is always um, important, right? Um, but it also helps to have someone who has some training <laughs> um, and some some background and expertise in in some of the issues that may be presenting themselves. Yeah. And I always say too, like, um, because I've had people be like, oh, why you just can't talk to me? But like you just said, mm-hmm. this person, this is what they're paid to do, you know? And I could sit there for an hour and just talk about me and whatever in the world, you know, like where you can barely get people to even listen to you or reply to a text message, you know what I mean? So like to just really have that there. And I think a lot of times, and it's kind of crazy, but I mean, I don't even know why I just kind of, made me think about me and going to the strip club and then being like, I just like to go in there and talk to somebody. Well, you can go talk to a therapist, you know? <laughs> and you might can even get it on your interviews or something. Because then I, y'all know, like I have my history there. So I'm like, it just really hit me that a lot of people really would sit in there and tell you their whole life story. So mm-hmm. why not go to a therapist, you know? And then actually that's somebody that's under contract because they're stripper not, you know what I mean? So, so like, hey, I just really wish that black men would embrace it. I know I just asked someone the other day and at the time they didn't know that I was in therapy. So their first response was like, basically like, hell no, you know? And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. Actually, you would be more attractive to me if you were in therapy. So I know that you're really working on yourself the way you claim because it seems like men think working on themselves consists of 
you know, building wealth or whatever, you know, but not really taking the time to say, hey, there are some some beliefs and thought systems that I might need to change. And actually, even as you all have been saying this about just um, the the black, well, just kind of like how within the black family, we often have this whole don't discuss our business outside the house. And it made me just in that instance think of two personal, you know, family relationships, whereas I really think these kids might really need to be in therapy. But again, you know, the the parent mindset is, oh, we don't talk about this outside the house. I've even asked my son if he'd like to go to therapy because I know that he and I kind of still struggle with communication. And I think that it would be good for him, you know, to just really sit and talk with someone and get it out with someone. So mm -hmm. those are just, you know, some just some little nuggets. But also I think even what you're saying, so basically we need to normalize talking about this and I do see that 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 is happening because it seems like before the whole concept of not going uh, and also onion when you were describing that situation um you know about like the mom that that curses the kids out or however you know mistreats you and then the man mistreats you or it could be vice versa but people it's become normalized to them you know so they then just think that that's how they're supposed to be treated so and even what you said surreal about like learning the languages like i think that because i see people picking it up so i do see some progress within this but it's still more so the women that's more so pushing it so i don't know i just wanted right. to know that <laughs> and i don't I know what i'm in there but just just you put things out of me when you were speaking so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know um, when I date guys, I'm open about, I go to therapy. Oh, you go to therapy? What's wrong with you? Nothing. Nothing now. Nothing right now, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I go to therapy. And in in a marriage, I'm going to want to go to family therapy. I'm going to go to marriage therapy. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And, you know, oftentimes that's another reason why people have been hesitant to reach out for, um, for you know, mental health services is that because, it, you know, they thought that it was an automatic um, association that, you know, that there's something wrong with you or that, uh, you know, or that you're, that you're crazy, right? But when that isn't the case at all, right? Um, we know that therapy, it works best um, when it's a part of your daily, you know, or your weekly, monthly, routine right in the same way that you you know that we encourage people to work out regularly and on a consistent basis or to get you know check us checkups at um at your, with your doctor right and right same way so kind of consistently feeding yourself and providing a space um um where you know it's reliable where you know it's a, a set appointment each week or each month where you can go and share and process with someone on a regular basis is always best practice. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're in crisis all the time because you're reaching out or you're receiving support, right? It really should be built into your well-being, to your everyday life, to your lifestyle. Because you're trying not to go into crisis. Right, right. We're trying to, yeah, best right. case scenario is working to prevent, um, you know, going into a crisis and to prevent, you um, you know, um, treating, um, you know, a negative life event or um, depression or anxiety. So giving you the tools that you need to navigate those situations and to manage them before they actually happen is always the best case scenario. I wanted to um, know that Black Nerd Man had made a comment earlier about um, like having the health insurance to be able to go, you know, like they're not being able to afford it. And then I also did note within the comments that you said it was therapy for black men that's offering the services for a black men who may be unemployed right now, right? For this yeah. month only. Okay, yeah. so that's in the notes. But um, the thing was just when he made that comment, it made me think about how oftentimes, and I'm not saying it's the easiest for women to get healthcare, but you know, like, especially if you're uh, within a more marginalized community, then there are more benefits, you know, set up. So mm -hmm. even if you're pregnant, you know, then you can get, and I'm not always saying that, and I don't know if therapy is always attached, but it seems like it's so hard for black men in general when they are, you know, down and out or just at a disadvantage to be able to get any type of assistance. So I think, you know, what do you think that that also kind of play a part in that, uh, I don't know, disconnect there or, you know, the them not going to therapy as much? Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to some of the uh, systemic barriers that are associated with um, accessing treatment in an equitable way. 
so which is you know one of the reasons why what inspired me to to develop you know um the startup that i'm in the process of developing in order to make you know treatment and access um mental health both medical and mental health care much more accessible for folks who need it the most um but it definitely plays a role um oftentimes you know not oftentimes but you know um it's pretty common that folks reach out to me that you know the, the financial piece is a concern so being able to you know work with them either through therapy for black men or or you know using a sliding scale um, is also another option if insurance doesn't cover it um so uh, right so that's just there should always be options in different ways to make it accessible especially for people who have historically um not had equal access to this type of support right i know that um some jobs you can check your, e your epa is it epa or eap mm -hmm. something like that you can check that um my therapist was like girl see so you can get your free services i was like girl, i ain't worried about that here i'm gonna give you this 15 dollars <laughs> and i'm blessed that that um both of my employers have that program <laughs> so you know if i they had they they're concerned about the mental health especially now a lot of employers are offering mental health services but again it goes back to those who don't have employment you know and i know in louisiana they cut a lot of the mental health services mm -hmm. and different things which is not good it's just mental health i'm I know we still have some work left to do in order to make it, you know, um, to provide the same level of support that um, medical health care receives or provides for folks. Um, but we're beginning, at, you know, we've seen a lot of progress over time, but, you know, we still have a lot of work to do um, because it shouldn't be, you know, I don't think that finances or whether or not your job covers it or not should ever be a reason why someone can or can't access um, mental health support and services. So. Again, I think it goes back to um, the political will, right? For um, the government to essentially to supplement and to make this um, um, accessible for folks if your job doesn't provide those services for people. Okay. Well, Aya, did you have any other questions? So if someone, is there a place like if they can't get some therapy for black men next month and maybe they have a, um, they go through something next week, what, what, what are some things that they can, I mean, I don't know, you know, something that they can possibly do if they just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I might just need to talk to a therapist, but I don't have the, I don't have the access, you know, is there a site or something that you may, that they make it go to? What does that what does that look like? Like, you know, for me, I, I've um, therapy for black girl, black women. I've listened to her podcast and it helps, you know, and it works. And been in therapy for so many years, I always just know what to do whenever I need, <laughs> whenever I'm feeling anxious or I feel like I'm going down that road. But is there anything like a safe place for a man? Because there's a difference. Women are always, and no offense to me, women just seem more open to to things more than men. Men are kind of like, and in fact, you alluded to it too. Like they're kind of like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. But a woman to be like, you know what? That's gonna help me. Let me go. You know, mm -hmm. we're more mm -hmm. like, let me figure this out. What the hell is wrong with me? Because I'm not living my life like this. Whereas a man would be like, oh, I did the work, but no, you didn't do the work. You thought you did the work. So, is there anywhere that you'll just, you know? Yeah, so I, you know, a few things come to mind and I can give, you know, some tips that people can use, like some coping strategies that they can use. And then also, fortunately, it's, the resources are limited out there as far as, you know, other than Therapy for Black Men, which, um, which I'm a part of, um, therapy, therapy for Black Girls, you know, that's, that was one of the reasons why I decided to create, you know, my own um, startup to fill that gap and to meet that need. Um, but, but I would say, you know, reach out to the people around you, um, as far as, you know, the safe space, right? Um, I, again, you know, as men, we tend to want to keep everything to ourselves, especially if you're hurting or in pain or if we need help, right? We try to solve, solve it all on our own. 
but just encouraging folks to reach out to um, you know people that you trust, to uh, mentors, to older people in your family. Um, if you're a part of a church community, right? Reaching out to, to people in your church. Um, so using the net, your built-in network that you have um, in order to get the support that you need. Um, if for any reason you can't access, you know, um, mental health services from a professional. Um, and then also self-care, right? Making that a priority, taking care of yourself and um, scheduling it into your weekly schedule hoping ahead, right? If you know that you have, you know, something that's super stressful, a deadline or, you know, um, a family member that you know that you'll see um, in the next week and you know that based on your history with them that um, it's, you know, it'll likely be a stressful interaction. Um, hope ahead by planning in advance, right? What can you do either before or after, um, you know, that particular event or interaction to de-stress, um, to calm yourself down, to um, to de-escalate, right? Prayer for folks if you um, are, are believers, right? Um, meditation, mindfulness, it helps um, oftentimes, especially for anxiety. So anxiety is very future-oriented, right? It's always stressing about what's the next thing that we have on our list of things to do, um, what's the next deadline, right? What do I have to do for the next day at work? And depression tends to be very oriented in the past, right? About things that have happened um, that didn't go well. So mindfulness meditation helps us to be present, right? So if you think about it, we are never really taught to do that, um, whether we're, you know on our jobs or at school, right? It's always about preparing for what's to come. So in order to counteract that, you know, focusing on being here, how your body's feeling right now in this moment. Um, in time um, and being just aware of your surroundings. That's one way to kind of mitigate both um, anxiety and depression in that way. And that's something that anyone has access to. Um, sleep hygiene, right? Um, being aware of how much sleep you're getting. Is it too much? Is it too little? Eating a balanced diet. So all the things that we know that we should be doing, but oftentimes, you know, when we're stressed out or overwhelmed, all those things drop down to the bottom of our list of yes. <laughs> One thing I know, I tell someone, I say, if I don't get enough sleep and I eat a lot of sugar, it is hell. But mm -hmm. whoever, because that mood is, listen, I have to drink my water. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, is there, are there any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? I know you said that the app, you're expecting it for, for it to be out later on in in the year, but there any type of way, like is there an email list or something for people to sign up ahead of time and stay in the know, you know, where can they find you at? So for now, I think, um, so either my social media, so my Facebook or my Instagram is um, likely the best way to stay updated that, you know, my followers will likely be the first group of people to find out about it um, once we're ready to release it um, before it goes out to the press. Um, so definitely follow me at Sorrell Robertson. It's just my first um, and last name um, on there so that you can be the first one to know about it when we're ready to release it. Um, but I'm excited about it and I think that it'll be hopeful for a lot of people. We're going to have to have you come back on and discuss it when you when it drops, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I will definitely be back to talk, um, to talk a little bit more about it. Oh, we talk about mental health, honey. We <laughs> and self care. Glad you said that because we're we we always talk about ways of self care and things like that. That's one thing I love about this platform that we have. That this is what you know we we try to focus on things that we need in the black community. So, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, and I'll be back. Thanks. I'll be back. All righty. Talk to you later. Okay. Take care. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. That defunding program. Um, oh, go ahead. Now, what were you about to say? My question about defunding the police was because every, I didn't ever, I didn't understand it at first, and I was like, oh, so they want mental health, and people be you know how people be trying to make a mock of things they were like well yeah counselor show could have helped out in that shootout or something I'm like come on now stop it so that's why I kind of you know when you have something in your mind you're like I need to ask that question that's why oh because you know we had talked about it before and I didn't um I didn't even know that people like because to me it just made a lot of sense so I really hadn't saw any arguments against it but I'm so you know now I'm like okay so there are actual people that you know, so I'm kind of glad to know that they like this informative. But um, 
But yeah, I'm just, uh, okay, do I have? No, I was telling you, clear people. Those are the people who have the argument no. against it. Which is clear people. Oh, that's all. <laughs> I, was, I was so lost. I thought that I was like, okay, is this still a time play? That's what I thought you were trying to tell. But yeah, but um, but yeah, that was good. And also, he gave some uh, tips. And also, um, I just want to note right quick that Shanice also said having relationship intelligence helps as well. So yes, and I've really um. Just even with her saying it to me, like I've really started to study narcissism more, like you know, just like the traits and so on. And for for almost a year, my best friend had been trying to like, oh, watch this video, and I kept telling her like, no, I don't want to know that because then I won't be able to trust anybody. But I realized like, you know, you need to be aware of stuff so that you know, you know, you can kind of see like kind of how you said identify these situations when you're a part. So it's just, it's so many things that we can do on our own, you know, but you just have to really take a take a minute and just be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. That's, that's something that I need. I do this every time I try to, um, every time I try to pull up these sponsors now and I'm trying to remove our names, but our uh, second sponsor for, for the evening is, um, and it's actually a new sponsor. So it is, and I might be saying this incorrectly, but Creative Calvary LLC. Creative Calvary LLC was created and established in 2018. The intention of this company and its name, I'm sorry, and its brand was to be more than just the name. This brand represents the creative prowess of romance author and writer, writer Myra Fleming. Her writing style and her creativity. It also has a much deeper business objective. So you all can learn more about Creative Calvary, Creative, C-O-A-T-I-V-E, Calvary, C-A-L-F-U-R-A-Y. And her Instagram is at C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E underscore C-A-L-F-R-A-Y. So Creative underscore Calvary. So you all can check her out and just, um, I know she's been doing some collaborations with, actually with Deja Vu, who was Deja Vu Skin, who was just done with us last week. So when you see a lot of those lovely romance type of tips or whatever, it's almost like they've been writing like a little romance story that's involving taking a bath or a shower. And um, Shamara is writing it and, you know, um, Nikki Soap is kind of the inspiration. So you all should check that out. I think it's cute. How they're and you know playing off of each other's brands and also supporting each other in that sense. Well, as always, also um we have our yeah our KT our th theories and thoughts never thirsty tumblers are still on sale in the Swagger Magazine store. Um, if you visit the store on the website.net, then you all will be able to see those there and they're $35 so we've been you know we share this post every week I can still drop by purchase one we like some photos and then um as far as for the magazine itself we are still offering our black owned business directory listing for a year for $90 so that's $30 off because it's $10 a month but you go ahead on and pay out for the year then it's just $30 and it's located with on the swagger site and I I'm not really sharing all our news just yet because I realized I want things to be more in place before I announce them but I do think this is a great opportunity to take advantage of because we have something else that's going to be following that okay tonight I am wearing black men make me smile this is not my brand but you can keep up my brand stuff um, black men make me smile I like to wear this out I live in all um in kind of a mixed area and I went to Walmart y'all and the black men smile whenever I have it so I like to that's a part of a mental they should they see that they're being supported they they tend to smile a little bit but you can find me Lady CEO LLC on Facebook at Lady CEO on Instagram Lady um, dot CEO and on Twitter I'm underscore a underscore lady CEO. Remember I, um, it's not a Y, it's the I. I have um, Lady CEO Media on YouTube. I also have um, Miss Things Boutique, Miss MZ 
T-H-A-N-G-Z, B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E.com. So it's Miss Thing's Boutique. Um, I have different other different shirts. I just wanted to show this one because, you know, we're talking about mental health and I feel like just support makes you more mentally healthy. So, yes. That's all I have. Oh, and a lady in her wine. I debuted, but, um, debuted a new logo for a, a lady in her wine today that I absolutely adore. A lady in her wine. Um, don't forget I sell wine. That's it. That's all I have. Anything else fancy? Um, I just want to know if anybody is interested in the directory that Shanice, who um, is off the mic, you know, on it, on in the comments watching the show you all can get with her um shanice has been making some sales today so you know give with shanice if you have more interest I mean you know um questions or anything about the directory or any other services that the magazine may offer so i also just want to shout her out because i saw them in the um in the group and i was like uh when i saw something about a gold mine i was like okay but i didn't i didn't actually go into it and see so i just want to take a quick minute and recognize shanice and all her hard work and for being with us for a while and um yeah that's basically everything that I know of. So we'll see you all next week. And do we have a topic already? No, we're like, sorry, a week behind. All right. Well, bye, y'all. Peace and blessings.